Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast. Brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at cbgairport.com. All right, everyone. It's Fritch. And for this week's Be Our Guest podcast, I'm sitting down with Katie Marston. Now, I've never met Katie before today. I don't believe. Have we ever met? No. Other than today. But we are Facebook friends. And I'm sure we're Facebook friends because you listen to the Jeff and Jen Morning Show, right? Yep. Yep, and I've been on that show for a really long time. And so I was just strolling through, like thumbing through Facebook, and I saw a post that you posted that really caught my attention because you had this collage of pictures. And I'll just read a little bit from the post. It caught my attention. It says, it was a year ago today that I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. The day my life forever changed. I can't begin to explain the hell I went through, but I've tried to sum up my year in some of the pictures. I'm so thankful to God, my doctors, my treatment, and most of all, my family and friends. Your overwhelming support got me through this. And then you said, keep donating to, and you had some breast cancer uh, charity listed there. So tell me a little bit about the journey that you have been on, Katie. Okay. So about a year ago, I went in for my very first mammogram. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess she, the technician, saw something but said, since it's your first one, um, you'll probably get a call back. Don't think anything of it. You know, 98% of women that have their first, they get a call back because the doctors have nothing to compare it to. Yeah. Well, I got that call back. And they said, go up to Good Sam. You need to go to the breast center. And I said, why? And they're like, because the radiologist that read the first scans wants to read the second scan. So I said, okay. I didn't think anything of it. I work up at UC. So I went by myself mm-hmm. and immediately got, um, she did a mammogram again, turned the, turned the monitor towards me and was like, we're looking at this. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, well, we're not sure. Was it like a shaded area? Yeah, and I have very dense breasts, so mm-hmm. it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you had, had you felt a lump or no, anything? Never felt a lump. Never had any symptom. Only tired. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm tired. And but my, I mean, you know, you're a working woman. Yes, full time and a mom. Got two kids, so it's like I'm always tired. You're always right? tired. That's just you're, you know this. You're tired. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> always right. So then they went ahead and did the mammogram, and then the radiologist said we. We need to have an ultrasound on the right, on the right breast. So I had the ultrasound, and I knew right away because she was measuring on my breast with a measuring with a ruler. With a ruler, yeah, to see. And I was just laying there like, oh my god, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So then they pull me into another room with the radiologist, and they have my scans up on the big monitors. And mm-hmm. he's like, I got some bad news. I think this is cancer. And 
And that was the last thing I heard. Yeah. Because after they say, I think you have cancer, you immediately are just yeah, probably shut I yourself shut down. I remember I was sitting in a chair and I like bent my head over and my head was like in between my legs. Like, what? I have cancer? And he was like, I'm pretty sure. Because I had calification mm-hmm. that went back. I had two, two lumps. So there were calification. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty sure that was cancer and not a cyst. Right. So he was like, you need to not wait on this. We can't wait six months. You need to have a biopsy right away. So I had the biopsy. They called me back. I was at work on a Friday. She told me it was cancer. And from there, everything just happened so quick. Your treatments and everything started? They had me into the surgeon. Um, it was a week. Found out on a Friday. And then I saw the surgeon the next Thursday. But that was the worst. That was the worst timing. The because, worst week of your life, yes, probably. because you don't know. So who was your first phone call when they told you you had cancer? Do you? I mean, like, what did you do? Did you just leave the office? And- I did. I was outside. I, was, I work at UC and I was outside. We had something going on and I got the phone call and I kind of walked away and my boss was out there with me and my boss is a breast cancer survivor. Oh wow! So I kind of went through her like five years ago, what she went through. Mm-hmm. So she came with me and then I'm outside crying by myself and she came up and then she walked me over to my garage and she's like, do you need me to, I can drive you home. I'm like, no, I'm okay. Well, the first thing I was texting the whole time, Yeah, you know, I was texting my, um, well, actually, I wasn't texting at that point. I called my husband. And the next I was texting. I have three sisters. And I was yeah. texting my sisters. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Just like, telling your friends and family. Yeah. And then I called the I called her back because I was hysterical, the nurse. Oh, yeah. And she, you don't hear anything. You're no, so she kept right. saying She kept telling me, calm down. This is not a death sentence. This is not. And that's all I heard was, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Yeah. That's because the immediately only thing you think. When someone says you have cancer, yeah. you think it is a death sentence. Yes. You think. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I think you're going to die. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. on Friday when you went to see that surgeon, yes. what what was your plan of action at that point? Did you just have a mastectomy? Did you do a double mastectomy? What did they say to you about your options? Um, well, since the type of cancer that I had, so I was HER2 positive, and that is overexpressive protein on your cell. So mm-hmm. your cell is supposed to have like 20 protein receptors each cell, and my one cell had a million. Oh, And wow. that's why it started to go calcification kind of thing yes so the type of cancer i have they have specific target therapy drugs that treat the cancer Mm -hmm. and per fda guidelines you have to have that treatment before you can have the surgery so you started the treatment then right away i started chemo right away a week late uh, october 13th and what was that like going through chemotherapy oh awful awful my cocktail was really really harsh Mm -hmm. very harsh so i was off work a lot um, I would work for, I would go in treatment on a Wednesday, was off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I would get up, go to back to the treatment center to get fluids. Then the weekend was really, really bad. And then I was off that whole next week. So you were sick 
a lot. Very sick. Very sick. There were so many symptoms. I had 58 prescriptions prescribed to me. Oh, my gosh. Right. And so you're every prescription they give you, there's a side effect. So you're dealing with trying to manage that side effect. So trying to manage all the side effects was very, very, very difficult. How did you know when to take what? Did you have to take 58 things a day? Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. So the nurses first wrote it all out, like, this is what you need to do. And then my sisters would come over and they would ha- they would label all my pill bottle- bottles oh. and they would mark down, like, literally when I need to take. Yes. And then you set probably alarm on your phone or something yeah. like, oh, it's time for me to do yes, this. Yes, always. And it became um, very routine, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, once you start doing it, you know, like, right, you got to do this, you got to do that. Yeah, gotta, it does become. Yeah, and it dehydrates you. So that's a big thing is you got to stay dehydrated. So you're constantly drinking water. Mm-hmm. But then at some point you lose all your taste buds and everything just tastes like metal. And then I'm trying to drink and eat and you can't. And you don't taste want to. anything but metal. How are your oh. kids dealing with all of that at this? How, how old are your children? Uh, I have a son who's 22 mm-hmm. and a daughter who's 12. So how are they dealing with all of this and your husband? Yeah, first you know, it was really bad, you know, them just, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, my mom has cancer. My mom has cancer. But then as time went on, they just got used to it. It became routine in the house. They knew my routine, you know, they knew where to find me. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't on the couch, I was in my bed. Yeah. Um, the hard part was when I lost all my hair. Yeah. And my kids, they were just staring at me like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. But then after a while, I'm like, do you guys even notice? <laughs> my son was like, no, it doesn't even phase us It doesn't anymore. even affect them. Yeah. So that was that was very hard. And I know when I first met the nurse, it's the first thing she said to me. She's like, how are you with your hair? And she's like, because that's going to be the hardest thing. Well, because I think a lot of times we've even talked about it on the show before. It's like your hair has so much to do with your identity. Yes. You know, like you may have always had long hair or you may have always had short hair or it was blonde or it was dark. And when you don't have any of it, it's definitely a life adjustment. Right. So what did you do after you started taking the chemotherapy? Chemotherapy ended. Did you have the surgery then? Yeah. So my chemo ended in January and then you have to wait like six weeks. And then I had another MRI, which she told me the chemo pretty much killed all the cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, They kind of they thought they saw a little bit of it, but they weren't sure. But then I decided to have it was up to me to have the I decided to have a double mastectomy. Double mastectomy. Yeah, because I had my genes tested and I got some weird two genes that are higher risk of breast cancer, um, prostate cancer and pancreatic. And my dad had prostate cancer and he passed away. Um, of a, I think of lung cancer, but he had prostate cancer like a year or so five years ago. So cancer has been in your family then? Yes, on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, both sides. My aunt just passed away like a month ago, pancreatic. So there's just one gene. So I just saw the de- gene counselor last week and she's like, it's not positive, but we saw something in that gene. So how do you get the gene testing done? Is that so, just something where you, they take your blood? Yes. And i so I qualify for it because they do the family tree. I sat down with my surgeon and we went through both sides of the family. And I have so much cancer on both sides that she's like, oh, you qualify for, you know, getting this gene testing. And a lot of times they don't test you for the genetics testing until you have cancer. Mm-hmm. But it's good because well, I have at a that point, is it and- too late to get the gene testing or right. do you just I mean, I, I feel like it should. I always feel like this. And we talk about this on the Jeff and Jen show a lot about like how I feel like it should be covered for you to get a scan Every year of your body, just so you know if there's something going on in there. And I feel like if you do have a family history of cancer, some kind of genetic testing should be done. Right. Because it's, I mean, technically preventative, right? Correct. Yes. 
And I'm very fortunate because when I went to the got my mammogram when I did. Yeah. Because if I had waited another year, it would have been in because it was not in my lymph nodes at that time. Oh, uh, if I would have waited, it would have been in my lymph. It nodes. could have spread. Oh yeah. So what um, message do you have for people out there? Have you learned? What have you learned by having breast cancer? Well, the one thing is get your yearly mammograms mm-hmm. when your doctor tells you to go. See, he told me to go and then I waited a year. It hurt my knee and I had to go have knee surgery and I, you know, kept putting it off. And I was getting ready to go back to see him for my yearly, my annual. And I'm like, oh, I better go get my mammogram because I'm going to get there and he's going to yell at me if I don't get it. So the key is you have got to get that mammogram for early detection. For sure. Um, And then um, the biggest thing was support. Oh, my gosh. If I did not have the pink ribbon girls are fantastic. They are fantastic. Fantastic. They came over and cleaned my house and provided us meals, and they're just an awesome organization. Um, and then family and friends. I mean, everybody was so helpful and generous and coming over and bringing me dinner and bringing me, giving me gift cards and, you know, and because people don't, that's the hardest thing. People want to do something, but they don't know what to they do. They don't know what to do. Right. And everybody asks, what can I do? And they can't do anything. And you're but. not going to be the one that's like, bring me a $25 gift card to La Rosa. Hey, no. family. Like right. it just feels weird doing that. Right. Yes. Well, I will say I asked uh, you uh, when we were writing back and forth yep. through Facebook, when I asked you to come in for our podcast interview for this week, I asked you if you were going to the Q102 Bosom Ball for breast cancer. I am. And you said this is going to be your very first time. Yes. Yes. So you're I'm gonna, very excited. Yeah. You're going to love it. I recommend bringing a whole group of girlfriends. I do. Yep. And I have because bring, bring that entire support staff because the Q102 Bosom Ball for breast cancer, like what it really is all about is like being together with survivors and family and celebrating life. Like even you currently, you know, like you're battling this kind of thing. So it's a nice place where people can come get together and it, you know, raises money for two great organizations, the Susan G. Komen uh, Breast Cancer Foundation, Susan G. Komen for the Cure and the American Cancer Society. Yeah. Um, And I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story today with us because I know it's sometimes challenging to talk about Things like this. Right. And how are you? How is your health now? Um, so I finished my very last treatment last week. Yeah. So I'm finished. Yeah. It took a whole year. So I finished chemo and then I had to have these target therapy drugs, these 19. And then how treatments. much longer do you have to take those? Um, I'm finished. I oh, finished last week. So you don't have to take any of I'm those finished. 57, yeah. 58 nope. medication? Nope. Wow. All good of it's for you. Done. Yeah. So now that you have, you know, been battling the cancer, is there anything that you want to do in your life that you maybe haven't done before? Did it, you know, did like having cancer open your eyes to other possibilities or things that you might want to do? It kind of makes you want to live your life a little, you know, a little more, you know, not be so structured on, you know, everybody, you know, going to work, but maybe going out and traveling a little more and seeing a little more and going out. I live on the west side. I mean, I don't even get over to the east (laughs) side ever. So maybe just going to the east side shopping. Maybe just driving downtown. Just something (laughs) different, you know, because it's the one thing is, you know, a lot of people have issues. And but the one thing is, if you don't have your health, nothing else really matters. Yeah, it's true. Plus, I think it's always interesting. Some of the things that we make a big deal in life, you kind of realize there aren't that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. And so just not taking anything, you know, for granted, because you never know. Mm-hmm. I mean, your life could change in a ma- matter of 
you know, five minutes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, thank so. you so much for joining us yeah, today. Thank Katie. you. And we're going to see you at the Q102 Bosom Ball for Breast Cancer. Yeah, thanks, Q102. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.